keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for bunion country Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. There are a lot of places to catch trout in our neck of the woods. More than you would imagine. And we're going to explore that over the course of this summer on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, starting in the Park Rapids area. And from the Park Rapids area office today, we have Mike Kelly. You are the expert on trout and trout streams? Yes, Kevin. I, uh, I do most of the work between sampling, habitat improvement, and uh, just all around on our trout streams in the Park Rapids area. So I'm, uh, I'm the local expert at the fisheries office with trout. We do have a number of trout lakes throughout uh, your area, the Bemidji area, and, and others, and usually they tend to be small and deep lakes. Um, what is uh, what are you looking for when it comes to a good trout stream or trout river? Uh, for trout streams or trout rivers, the most important thing is cold water temperatures. Um, trout require kind of cold, clean, well-oxygenated water. Um, so our trout streams are generally kind of in wetland areas where there's a lot of springs or seeps that are bringing that cold groundwater up to the surface to support the trout. Um, brook trout require a little bit colder temperatures uh, than brown trout, so kind of some of our coldest streams have brook trout, and a little bit warmer ones may have uh, brown trout or even rainbow trout if you get to the Bemidji area. Have Now, we're going to talk particularly about Cabacona River and Strait River here. Um, are those natural trout waters or are those trout that have been introduced? Um, uh, the Strait River is, uh, used to have brook trout in it, which are kind of the native, uh, trout to this area, but, uh, water temperatures are kind of too warm for brook trout now, so there's actually brown trout there, and brown trout actually came over from Germany, so they're, uh, they're non-native fish, but they're, uh, they're kind of a highly prized fish, and we see them in a, a lot of trout streams in the state that kind of have too warm a water or too big to support brook trout. Um, the brook trout we see in Cabocone River, um, we stocked those, um, initially, um, history records going back, I mean, it's been stocked back to the forties, but, uh, the last stocking actually took place in 1990. Um, so it's all natural reproduction that takes place there. I mean, actually straight river with brown trout is the same way we stock, stocking the same year. And, uh, it's all supported by natural reproduction. And a lot of people have kind of concerns that they want us, want us to see, uh, stocking some of these streams, but, uh, Really, the populations are much, much healthier and much better if uh, if nature can do its work. Um, we see a lot better numbers, and it's just it's it's better water from um, all sizes of trout, from the smallest to the biggest ones you'll see. How many people actually fish for trout up here? We see a lot of pressure on our trout streams from uh, April fifteenth time frame when our, our trout streams open until walleye opener. Um, and after that, they, they kind of get deserted. We have so many lakes around here, a lot of people focus on the lakes after that. Um, so generally, we see a lot of pressure right away in the spring when trout season opens, especially when we have nicer weather. Um, and it kind of really dies off once we kind of hit summer and, and walleye season is open on all our lakes. I know there is a, there's a trout organization. Uh, is it Trout Unlimited? Yep. There's Trout Unlimited is, is, a, is a national organization. And out of Bemidji, there's a, a headwaters chapter of Trout Unlimited. Okay. And and they obviously are very interested in trout, and I'm sure um, work on projects with you on, a, on occasion? Absolutely. So they're, uh, they're pretty active when it comes to the trout streams and trying to get some habitat improvement uh, work done, and they've actually funded uh, a few of the projects we've done recently. 
Um, on Cabocon River, we've actually cut out some of the alder brush that's growing into the stream. Um, it causes some issues where uh, our deeper pools on the outside bends get filled in with silt and sand because the alders um, slow the water down. Um, so Trout Unlimited has helped pay for a Minnesota conservation crew to help do some of that work. And uh, on some of the wider areas on the Strait River, we've actually taken a helicopter and dropped trees in wider areas of the river um, to, to narrow and, and deepen the river where it's kind of overly wide. And, and why do we need that? Why do we need it narrower and deeper? So uh, uh, those areas of the Strait River, a natural river like that that's healthy should be 30 to 40 feet wide, and some of those areas were 100 to 200 feet wide. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so when you get a, a wider river, it's real shallow and it's real unstable. The, the, the river can't move. The sand and silt that should naturally go through, so it all settles out. So you get a, a real shallow river without a lot of cover, and that gets a lot of exposure to sunlight, which warms up the stream. Um, or trout like the kind of deep pools for cover. They can get away from the, the aerial predators, and then they have cooler water and usually more food in those areas too. More trout talk with Mike Kelly from the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Coming up later on, another tough question for our aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hapes of Bemidji State University. But right now, we are talking trout fishing with Mike Kelly from the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office. So how does a person uh, get on the Cabocona and the Strait River? Are there specific spots you should go to? Uh, can you go to any spot? How does that work? So um, there's, a, there's a few different ways. The best way is uh, if people can get on the DNR's website and look for the Park Rapids Fisheries Office. If you go to it and you click on the area highlights, there's actually some maps of uh, four of our trout streams, Cabocona and Strait River included, and that shows you where most of the public land is. Um, it also shows you where the DNR has purchased angling access easements so anglers can actually walk the banks when they're fishing in those areas. Um, but for the most part, um, anglers can access from all the road crossings or all the, the public land in those areas. That's The road crossings are the most common way to access. Um, and with with waders, especially chest waders, you can get to most areas. Uh, in the Cabocona, um, Straight River, it's more common to see kayaks and canoes going from some of the accesses because you get a little bit deeper water and a little a little harder to wade some of those areas. And is this, uh, do we use fly fishing up here like we do in, in other parts of the nation? I, I didn't understand. Um, do we do fly fishing uh, up here for the trout like other parts of the nation? Yeah, fly fishing is very common. Um, fly fishing can be tough in areas, though, because uh, especially on the Cabocone, you have a pretty narrow stream with a lot of brush behind you, um, so it's a lot more kind of roll casting on the water, short little cast, kind of up and down river. Okay. And, I, and if you do want to fish trout, you do have to buy a trout stamp, correct? That is correct. Um, for most people, you need a, a, your regular fishing license, and if you're uh, 18 years old to 64 year old, years old, you also need a trout stamp. The younger and the older um, get by without a trout stamp. Okay. I know it's uh, the, the people who are into trout fishing are really into it. They're very passionate about it. Uh, like you say, Trout Unlimited works very hard uh, to, to maintain and help. Um, and, and not only do, we, again, we have the rivers, but we also have a number of lakes where you can catch trout as well. Yeah, that's correct. In the Park Rapids area, we've got uh, three kind of smaller lakes that are kind of out in the woods that are strictly managed for trout. We stock them with rainbow trout. Um, the closest to Bemidji is Newman Lake, um, and then as you get into the Paul Bunyan State Forest, we also have Blacksmith and Crappie Lake, and Crappie Lake's kind of a walk-in 
uh, lake, so it's kind of harder to access a little more trophy lake. This is kind of uh, the, the nice thing about trout fishing is these are kind of get out of the out of the uh, uh, way lakes, um, a little more peaceful, a little more wild out there. Absolutely, um, all our trout lakes we have very very low development. So I mean, you're not going to see cabins or houses or docks or anything on the lakes. You're uh, it looks like you're out in the middle of nowhere. And I would assume the same situation on the rivers. Yeah, the the rivers are the same way. You see a little bit of. Uh, development with houses and stuff when you get near the road crossings but generally once you get away from the road crossings they're they're much the same you you get a lot of a peace and wilderness in those areas and even some good fishing at times now do you fish trout yourself i do a little bit of trout fishing i uh i kind of get ruined when we uh sample our trout lakes and trout streams i see what's in there and when i go fishing i uh i struggle to to produce the results we can do with electricity or nets <laughs> yeah what what do you prefer, uh, the stream tr- fishing or the lake fishing? I'm I'm much more of a, a stream person um, when it comes to trout. Yeah, it's it seems like it'd be just it's just something unusual. It's something that we just don't do much of uh, in the land of ten thousand lakes. Yeah, and that, that's what we see a lot. I mean, that's our our spring season is really busy with uh, with the trout fishermen. It kind of di- kind of dies off yeah. as the summer progresses. All right. Anything else we need to know about trout fishing in your neck of the woods? Uh, I don't know what I missed or didn't get. So I think, uh, Kevin, I think we covered most of it. If anybody has any more questions uh, about trout fishing in the area, they can always give me a call at our office. I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. Our number here is 732-4153, and I'm at extension 224. So my name is Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly of the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office talking about uh, trout streams and a little bit on trout lakes as well and great fishing in that area. Mike, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Thank you for doing this program. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country with your host, Kev Jackson. He's the one asking the stupid questions. It is time to check in with Dr. Andrew Hafes, resident aquatic biologist at Bemidji State University. And Andy, we've been talking about selective harvest for 25 plus years that I've been doing this show. Why is it so important? That's a great tool. Uh, It really can allow the managers to focus in where the harvest is occurring. Okay. It does have a downside. It's a little more complicated, right? So that's why it's not used all over the place, in my opinion. But... Um, my biggest experience that I had with this is the, the slot that occurs on Leech Lake. I worked in the advisory council there to help with the management plan. Currently, they have a 26 or 20 to 26 inch protected slot there. And when we were going through that management process there to set that up, the managers in the area really helped me learn why they're doing this. So by changing, they have creel surveys, right, that allows them to know what size fish the anglers really like to keep and what percentage of the fish they will keep, like let's say they catch a 26-inch walleye. They know exactly, they have a good estimate of what percentage of the time an angler will keep that fish. So mm-hmm. if they want to have, the big goal is to control the number of females in the system because the number of females in the system allows them to control how many new offspring there are. And the number of new offspring every year uh, shapes the growth and ultimate recruitment uh, to that fishery for the year class. You have too many walleye fry in a lake, it's not going to be good, right? They're going to eat all their food. They're not going to grow very fast. If you have too few, there's just not enough of them. So there's a sweet spot of actual fry or, you know, young 
fish every year or every that the managers are trying to hit. And by changing the slot, they can really shape how many females there are and how many eggs there are in the system. Okay. So that's the real power behind that protective slot. Okay. Now, even if there's no specific protected slot, I mean, we can make decisions on our own what we're going to keep, what we're going to throw back. Um, so give me a, a rule of thumb. Let's start with walleyes. What what should I be keeping and what should I be putting back in the water? Well, I think you can follow the, the regulation. Okay. Right? And if the regulation says uh, you can keep everything under 20 and everything over 26, I think you can do that. If if nobody keeps any big fish in that system in leech, right, what's mm-hmm. the point of having that upper limit? Right. So I, I just follow the regulation. Now, me personally, big fish, I know they have a little bit more mercury, right, and I would prefer to keep 17 to 20-inch, 20 you know, 21, 22-inch walleye. I think those are the best eating, and I really like eating perch. <laughs> uh, but And a, a jumbo perch is one of my favorites. But I, if we don't use the regulations the way they are, it becomes very difficult for these managers to, to do really anything. Mm-hmm. A largemouth bass, for example, uh, the trend over the last few decades is for that to be a basically a catch-and-release fishery. Nobody's really keeping largemouth bass anymore uh, for one reason or another. And if nobody's keeping anything, how does the manager do anything with regulations? Right. Yeah. That's, that's their tool. The biggest tool they have in their toolbox is length limits, bag limits. And if nobody's keeping anything, how do we shape the system? So uh, follow the regulations okay. is my biggest advice on that one. Let's talk a little bit about... Um Panfish bluegills in particular, we hear about, you know, this is one of the few places left where you can still get solid bluegills. But there is no, very few lakes that actually have a length limit. Uh, it's just a number limit. So it's a lot It's a lot of uh, up to you, you know, For sure. what you're going to do. Where, where's the magic cutoff there? What should we be putting back in the water if we want to keep big bluegills in the lakes? Well, that's a complicated very complicated question. It depends a lot on the system and uh, their growth rates and whether or not there are bass and other fish helping to control. Uh, I mean, panfish in, in general can be very productive in the number of young that they can put out, right? So I think that's one of the reasons that there aren't length limits and things like that. And another one is that I think that in general, when they have tried to use length limits on panfish in the past, they just haven't been very successful uh, in, the anglers don't follow it for some reason or another, or uh, the population hasn't responded uh, to the actual uh, limit that was put out there. So, you know, for me, I just if they're as big as my hand and it's worth me filleting them, that's that's what I keep. Okay. So, I right, think man. that I've had you know some of the guys real big panfish, you know, um, aficionados say. Put anything ten inches or big, bigger back. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to weigh in on that one way or another <laughs> right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, everybody um, likes to catch a big bluegill. Right? Sure, and absolutely. A big crappie. Yeah. So, yeah. Is it true that if you fish out all the big panfish, then they're gone? That that it's all going to be stunted after that? I think again, that depends on the system. Uh, if I don't think that's the case always. Okay. Right. Uh, there are a lot of systems that can handle harvest, 
Mm-hmm. And then there are others that can't. Yeah. And I'm not sure right now what's driving that one way or another, but I know that uh, we have really good ways to measure growth rates of fish and estimate population sizes of fish. And uh, if I was a manager, that's how I would approach those things, is estimating the, the densities and the numbers and look at their growth rates to see if we have problems or issues. Okay. I had just heard uh, a guy tell me, and this is the first time I've heard this from a muskie angler, that, you know, the limit is now 54 inches. That is an old fish. It's probably not producing next generations anymore at that age. If you catch one over that, it's not that big a deal if you want to mount that one. you buy that? I'd have to read into that a lot more. Okay. Um, I know that typically in fish, larger fish, bigger fish produce more eggs in general. Okay. Now, uh, they do sometimes slow and they can stop. Producing, but I don't think that's quite as common as we think. Oh, okay. Uh, now I'd have to read, like I said, for muskie in particular, I'd have to read a lot more into that. Uh, I do know that they're slow growing, right, and mm-hmm. aren't nearly as productive in terms of putting out young as a pike is. So maybe that's not. a big, big fish. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, it is a big fish. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Andy. Thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.